This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome back to another brand new episode of Mysteries of the Unexplained with myself, Will, this week and the magical Annie Gan. Annie Gan, how are you? Alex Zam. Oh, sorry, that's 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 me being magical. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What kind of magical creature would you think you would be actually just off topic segue in a there? A bat. I, I would be a bat. That's okay. That's not a magical <laughs> animal, but that's fine. That's this is the headspace that we're in this week. That's fine. How's your week? How's your very week? Very good. Very good. Working away, and I had to. Go, oh, I had to go do the. Um, I had to go do the shopping. Uh, in Ireland, they would say go get the messages. I had to go get the messages today. Um, i.e., grocery shop. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. I got Chris. I got fucked up the ass with Christmas today. I just don't. I'm not ready for it. Will like I I I I started panicking about not not having enough Christmas stuff done, and I was like, oh, well, every and everyone's going around with their trolley loads of like Christmas lights and stuff, and I was like, am I am I meant to be where you're at? Because I'm just obviously with the bat comment still in a Halloween frame of mind, and I, I, I'm not ready for Christmas now. I, like. It's a bit early for me, but I, I do love it. Like, I love all of it. I love Christmas and I don't care how early it starts, but I just feel like I'm not on the same page as people. Do you, do you get what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I do mm. like Christmas, um, but I also kind of don't like a massive big run up to it. I think this whole like from September on is just too much. Would you be getting now a tree in the mobile or is that a no go? No, no, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, um, we have no floor space left in our little okay. tree here. So um, last year's Christmas tree, I got a little live Christmas tree in a pot and I had it on a window. And then I threw it outside the door and she's grown loads during the year. It's actually in, it's one of the only plants that lasted all year. And um, I'll just, I'll just bring it back in. I'll shake the spiders off it and bring it back in for Christmas and fuck a few lights on it. Also, Washi has a thing about Christmas decorations and the first year we got a tree that sat on the floor um all of the toy soldiers got dismembered very very quickly so we can't have anything that will (laughs) we can't have anything that will be within grasp of him but no i'll christmas the shit out of the rest of the mobile though i'll have fucking lights and bullshit hanging off everyone i love it i I do love it and i love the run-up to christmas but um I feel like uh, I feel like behind the curve, but but maybe that's because I do think all the shops are starting Christmas earlier and earlier, and it just frightened me today. I was like, I'm only come in to get the regular stuff today. Now I didn't come in to get the Christmas. Stuff, you know? <laughs> didn't get the memo sensory overload. Didn't get the well, memo. Just crazy. Just crazy. Well, uh, speaking of Christmas, I have a story for you from um, St. Patrick's Day 44 years ago, which obviously ties in with Christmas. That's very paranormal, if you would like to hear it. Okay. Okay, I do want to hear it and I'm very interested in St. Patrick's Day. Also, I think you've got your seasons mixed up and that was the worst segue ever. (laughs) Speaking well, of I, Christmas, I have a St. Patrick's Day story at Thanksgiving. It was never it was never going to be fluid and that is what we call a joke. You're a bit off today. I think your operating system is wrong between the yeah. bat comments, the Christmas thing and not being able to pick up on that joke. Yeah. I'm disappointed. You know I, I am disappointed. Just because we're recording, I, I poured a little glass of wine for myself. It's a little treat whenever we record. So I, I'll just sip and oh, you just talk, geez. okay? Yeah, grand. It was about 11.30 on the 17th of March 1978 when Ken Edwards, 39, was driving home from a union meeting in Sale, Greater Manchester. It had been a quiet ride, at least until he got close to his house. Just as he approached the roundabout near the UK AEA site fire station and the university's research reactor building, Edwards claimed that he spied what he thought was a man climbing, but quickly realised that he was looking at a gargantuan humanoid figure lumbering down the steep embankment adjacent to the nuclear facility. The startled engineer immediately hit the brakes and his van slowed to a halt near the curb of the road some 50 feet away from the humanoid, which was now illuminated by headlights. Edwards stared in astonishment at this bipedal beast, which he would later dub the Silver Man, as it lurched down the hill with its arms outstretched, utilising strange, stiff-legged movements like someone who was born without knee joints. In fact, Edward's description he made of this being makes it hard not to conjure up images of some kind of large intergalactic entity. Edward said the creature assumed an odd stooped posture as it scrambled down the hill, which seemed impossible for a human to emulate without toppling over. At this point, the eccentric entity passed at the edge of the road and Edwards got his first good look at it under the glare of his high beams. 
He estimated that the figure was at least seven feet in height and was clad in some sort of reflective silver fabric. He also claimed that the figure's roundish face was black or that it was covered with some sort of mask with no discernible features. Furthermore, it had two tiny arms that were not attached to its shoulders, but stuck straight out of its chest like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. (laughs) Now, who do we both know that does a wonderful claw hand? Who is it on the podcast? Is it me or you? Who does the claw hand? Um, William. <laughs> You're already in the running. You're already in the running is what I'm saying. <laughs> this creature seems like, as you're describing it, seems um, the way a child would draw a human. You know the way like children will draw a human <laughs> yeah. where it's just like the knees won't bend, like they're just stick legs and the arms don't come out of the shoulders. They just come out of like near their belly button some way. <laughs> I feel like some child some child created this being but I will let you continue Ken sat frozen in his vehicle as this silver man continued to walk towards and then across the road coming within 15 feet of him once it passed in front of him however this silver man looked eerily in his direction to reveal two red glowing eyes at this point Edwards claims that two laser like beams shot from the being's eyes towards his vehicle blinding him momentarily Edwards says that these beams of light rendered him paralysed within his vehicle and reported a crushing force pushing down on him robbing him of his breath This horrifying experience seemed to subside a few moments later, only to be followed by a burning odour which filled the car. Edwards looked down to find his car's radio emanating smoke. Then a crippling pain drew his eyes to his fingers on his right hand, where his fingers were now brightly coloured and throbbing in pain. He looked up to witness this silver man continuing to walk towards the security fence that surrounded the UK AEA site. To Ken's amazement, the figure raised an arm and simply walked straight through the 10 foot tall barbed wire topped chain linked security fence and disappeared into the darkness. Shocked, Ken continued on his way home where he drank a large whiskey and told his wife, I've seen a silver man. Upon reflection, Ken thought (laughs) that was actually an authentic audio file that I inserted there. Upon reflection, Ken thought that there might actually be a security issue. So he and his wife drove to the nearby Padgate police station to report the sighting. There they relayed what Edwards had witnessed to police officers who could clearly tell that Ken had been shaken up by something. It was decided that the UK AEA nuclear constabulary be contacted and that Ken was to accompany them back to the scene of this strange encounter. As Ken and the police officer reached Staten Avenue, they were surprised to find a group of 25 UK AEA constabulary officers gathered at the spot where the encounter had occurred. Despite hearing Ken's story, this band of men seemed unsurprised, but insisted that they show him exactly the spot where he had seen this strange figure. A check of the fence, however, showed that it had not been damaged in any way. Ken and the police officer watched as the security officers combed the area for approximately an hour or so, refusing access to the grounds of the nuclear site on grounds that there was nothing to support the allegation, ultimately asking the two men to leave. Ken headed home. 
at about midnight on Thursday, March 23rd, 1978, a mere six days after his frightening run-in with the unknown, Edwards once again found himself at the site of the event, this time with a man who was only identified as a freelance UFO investigator from Leeds. Edwards claimed that for a second time he felt himself being overcome by the disturbing mental and physical sensations that had flooded him during his staring match with the Silver Man. Fighting his urge to immediately leave the scene, Edwards forced himself to get out of the vehicle and began walking up the embankment with the man from Leeds. Once they reached the top, he and the investigator went their separate ways and that's when Edwards noticed the silver man standing in the distance. As quoted from an article at the time, it was then in the distance that he saw a figure again atop of the wasteland and walking away from him. It was at this point that the grotesque apparition abruptly vanished, never to be seen again. The courage that had inspired Edwards to accompany the investigator to the top of the hill all but evaporated and he rushed down the slope and sped home, evidently leaving the Leeds fellow behind. Now, would you go back to the scene of the crime (laughs) for starters? I, for one, would not. I, for one, would not. But if it was going to be me or this fella from Leeds that nobody knew who he was or why he was there, I'd be like, see you later, sucker. (laughs) I'd be fucking gone over there. (laughs) Or if it was me and you who went, I'd be like, bye, bitch. I'd be in my little Ford Fiesta and I'd be fucking gone down the road and you'd be standing there, paralysed. Paradise with fear, so you would. I don't know if it's just the mood that I'm in tonight, but I think this is gas. I'm just imagining him when he walked through that fence holding up his little T-Rex arm, being like, hey, let, let me in there now, lads. <laughs> it also reminds me of like um, some sort of Godzilla, you know, movie, Japanese movie that's just like, silver man, like laser eyes with Tyrannosaurus hands. But also, also, if you see that on the road at night time, you'd be fucking shitting your pants. Absolutely terrified. You know, it's one of my big fears that I don't really like driving on my own at night time, like, or, or along, like, country roads and stuff like that, because... I was saying it to Dave in the car the other day. I was like, oh, this freaks me out. Like near my home, it's really like close, like one car width with all these like ditches that nearly touch off the car and stuff. And I'd be like, oh, I'd be terrified coming down here on my own. He was like, why? Sure. Like you're in the car and you're locked in. And I was like, yeah, but like, what if some fucking weird thing just like jumped out the ditch or something? Now around here, it's likely to be some crazy neighbor. But even that, I just run him over with the car. I keep going. <laughs> That's comforting. Somebody asks him for help and Annie's like, no! Ba-doom. Continue on. The week following the event, Edwards claimed he couldn't sleep, finding himself lying in bed at night wide awake with his fingers still throbbing. Another bizarre side effect of this encounter was his car radio that an engineer who looked at said it was too badly damaged to fix, saying a massive surge in energy seemed to have completely fried its internal components. It might all have ended there, but for the Warrington Guardian publishing the details on its front page the following week. Grizzly monster terrifies driver. Who or what was the monster? Seven foot tall, clad in a silver coloured suit with two beams of light emanating from its eyes, which confronted a Warrington service engineer after midnight on Friday. According to the report, a police spokesman said, We have interviewed Mr. Edwards and have no reason to discount his story, which is quite interesting that they did say that, isn't it? Well, 
yeah, yeah. The first thing, like, I always just imagine them going into that cop in the first place, and <laughs> some Manchester cop being like, "You what? You seen what?" <laughs> like, you know, like, fuck off. But I, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I do. I feel like somebody in the police station seen this fucking thing as well, but aren't is known up to it, and it's just like, yeah. Was it like a T-Rex in a silver outfit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, let's go and look. And they're like, we believe in it. We believe in it. It didn't take long for the UFO community to be drawn to the case. Ken helpfully drew a map showing the scene of its sighting, placing the silver man near the fire station and the nuclear reactor. Ken also recounted that when the creature looked at him, it felt as though two heavy hands were pushing down on him in his car seat. The local police, with a little help from the UK AEA, continued their own investigation. Perhaps Ken simply saw a fireman in a silver suit. The police and local UK AEA staff tested this by arranging for a fireman to be present on site as Ken drove past again. But he said it was nothing like what he had seen. But then you're going to say that, aren't you? You're not going to say, oh, that's what I saw. You're going to be like, nah, this thing had wings. This thing had wings. You're going to be like, you know, you're going to be like, oh, fuck, I just saw a fireman. No, the police are here and the whole fucking nuclear site are outside. And I'm like, oh, sorry, everybody. (laughs) Maybe he just saw a man, a a tall man like you with long legs and maybe some kind of arm deficit in a disco suit with, with red sunglasses on. Maybe. Listen, ends possibility at this stage. One bizarre note in the case was the discovery of a circular area of flattened grass and the body of a dead rabbit with no visible cause of death, both situated at the top of the embankment where Edward said this figure had descended. As you can imagine, with a lack of leads, this investigation was soon discontinued. Three weeks after the incident, Edwards and his wife had been driving home past the facility near to where he had seen the silver man when he said he was overcome with a strange feeling that caused him to pull over and leave his vehicle, resulting in him blacking out for a few moments. Once he regained consciousness, Edwards and his wife continued their journey home where they both agreed to avoid the road around the facility. A week after this event, Edwards says that he was awoke by a deep humming sensation that seemed to be coming from outside. Once he opened the window, the sound grew louder. In the days that followed, locals reported seeing a cigar-shaped object in the skies above the Atomic Energy Facility. Later that year, Ken Edwards started experiencing crippling stomach pain and weight loss. After seeking a diagnosis for his ailments, he was eventually diagnosed with cancer of the kidneys. Despite major surgery, he eventually passed away only five years later. A theory of what happened that night was that college students were simply pulling a prank. Police did investigate this idea, however, and found no evidence. There was no rag week or similar activity taking place at that time, making it hard to believe that a group of students would hang around an empty quarter of Risley just to appear in front of a lone driver and then manage to the tricky feat of appearing to walk through a 10-foot high fence. Another university building at the site, known as the Isolation Unit, became a subject of interest, as it was believed to have hosted some sort of sensory deprivation experiments. This led to suggestions that very vivid and mystical hallucinations had somehow conjured up a tulpa-like entity 
that escaped the participants' minds and walked across the road. The official word on this, however, is that there was an experiment taking place in site at the time, but not one that would conjure up red-eyed silver men. Students were taking part in the study of circadian rhythms and how these rhythms could alter or change during isolation from the outside world. I will say that there is also a rumour at the time that a man nicknamed Big John um, had dressed up in a protective silver suit uh, that he had gotten from the fire station and had simply been playing a prank on some students and an intoxicated Ken Edwards who was coming back from that union party had unknowingly summoned across him and thought he was some sort of silver Tyrannosaurus Rex with red eyes. But then again, I will bring it back. I will bring it back to the police making somebody put on the suit and walking across and he said it wasn't like them. So Annie, I ask you, Annie, I ask you today, what exactly do you believe Ken Edwards witnessed that night? I think he witnessed you on your way home from the club uh, wearing wearing some kind of new spandex that was in in the 70s. I know you say that you were born in the 80s, but I don't know, your face is starting to say differently. And um, you had on a pair of those sunglasses that sometimes people wear in clubs to um, hide the fact that they've been doing illicit substances. Um, and the fact that you got over the fence is you're, you're just that thin, you're just that skinny. You're just that skinny. You actually slipped through it. You didn't go, you didn't walk through it. You just slipped in through it. A five millimetre gap there. Now you'd be in there, no bother. And it was actually you. And I feel like this, it, it, this isn't, it, this isn't even a case. This is, this is just an excerpt from your diary at the Times. In the words of Judith Scheinland, baloney. <laughs> I'm kind of terrified. I'm kind of terrified about this now because it seemed like this thing or whatever it was, like copped your man and he shouldn't have seen him. And I feel like he came back for him and was looking for him and he made him sick. Yeah, I think that it I don't know what to think anymore. Part of me thinks it was some sort of weird alien creature that was trying to get some fucking energy off the nuclear site and then like was like at your man and then he gave him cancer, God love him. But then that is very far-fetched, isn't it? Um, Well, it is very far-fetched, but it's like everything with every story that we do on this uh, podcast. Like, you know, in my normal day-to-day, like going around doing the pre-Christmas shopping, I'm like, no, like things like that don't exist. There's a rational explanation for everything. And then I'm sitting here now at half ten at night uh, with a glass of wine. And I'm like, it's completely true. Like, there are these things all around us all the time. And I'm fucking terrified fight sorry i don't really know how to answer that yeah i mean there is like (laughs) i actually don't i'm just a bit gobsmacked by it like i mean yeah i suppose there's there's the whole host of like theories and ideas about interdimensional things and aliens and i don't know it's kind of a bit fucking mental um it like could it be that he was just pissed as a fart driving back and saw somebody pulling a prank yeah well, it could be that, but that doesn't really explain his like if his experiences after that. Number one, I would never be driving down that road again. I'd be going back home from <laughs> Manchester via London if I had to fucking if it if it meant that I didn't have to go down that road. And what's that thing about him and the wife and the car? And then he was what passed out on the road for a few minutes. Now either the two yeah. of these lads. We're getting a whole load of drugs and alcohol back in Greater Manchester back in the 70s. I'm sure it was around or but I just don't understand. Like, I just don't understand if 
why would you go and kind of embarrass yourself going to the cops and stuff like that and telling them this really mad crazy story if you didn't really believe that it was something important yeah that is very true um yeah just to on your first point there i would not be going back there so we went back to that area three times now maybe uh, it was just the shortest route to get home but still I'd be oh, like, i don't oh, care no like I'd i'm be, not i'd not. be getting I'd be getting around the world trip on an airplane uh, to come back and fly somewhere else if I I just I w- I wouldn't be able to anyway I wouldn't have gotten that far because the minute that thing turned around to me with its silver fucking face and its T Rex arms and looked at me with his red laser eyes I just I I'd be gone I'd be go- gone with the fright gone dead <laughs> I think you'd be after causing like a nuclear incident because you just would fucking drive the car in through the fence and into oh, oh, a reactor totally. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like let it be over be like, I'm not waiting around I'm not waiting around for this bollocks to come looking at for me and his cigar shaped fucking craft flying around the neighbourhood going where does that prick live I'd be I would I would drive my Ford Fiesta into the nuclear reactor and just be like I had a great time it's over bye bye and take all of Greater <laughs> Manchester and the north of England with me. How would you just drive in the car screaming with your hair fried from the laser Absolutely. beams? <laughs> like a frazzled mass of air. On edge. <laughs> Burnt fingers and like some, some sort of fucking share song blaring because the radio malfunctioned. It'd have Do to be share. <laughs> No, it couldn't. It couldn't be that song. It couldn't be that song because that would be the future. Although maybe it would have just jumped to the future and played. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Gypsies, tramps, and tears. Well, well, I think I think in a world, I think in a world that there's a fucking silver-suited alien walking through walls yeah. and laser beaming me with his <laughs> eyes that sure could have released that a few years earlier. I look, I'm gonna have to go watch <laughs> something really stupid on telly now before I go to bed because I can't be going to bed with this in my head. I'll be I'll be rolling around the bed all night having nightmares. Um, yeah, it is terrifying to think of a man in the nighttime in a silver suit like stalking you with red eyes. Oh, I would actually, <laughs> I would pay someone money to like put me outside your mobile now and two lasers and just shine them in. You, it would be you, great. You, it would be fantastic. You do pay many. You do pay money for men to come to your house and stalk you. Annie, now, Annie, let's not. Annie. Let's not. No, 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 no. no let's no, not no, expose no. you on air. Annie. Okay, it's time time to go. Annie, okay. Annie, okay. Annie, 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 Annie. Don't be so smutty. Don't be so smutty, <laughs> Annie. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't suit you. It doesn't suit you. That well, that concludes today's very weird story. I uh, hope you liked it. And uh, next week we have part two of uh, Annie's little two parter. So I'm sure you're all waiting for that. I'm only lads, no, I'm sure, lads, I'm I was sure on, there. I was on holidays. I was on holidays last week, and I am so dedicated that I brought the book with me. And oh my, oh my God! You just wait for this. There'll be no fucking T Rex little stupid arms, laser eyes coming at you. This is the real shit. Okay, bye. I gotta go to bed. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening. As always, you can find all the links you need in today's episode show notes. And until next week, join us for another mystery episode. Well, we'll, 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 sorry, we'll, so Annie I'm is sorry. going to do the outro.
Will is physically incapable of doing an outro. So for now, I will say, stay safe, friends. I can, no, no, I can't do it. No, I can't. You've oh. infected me with your country, with your absolute country. Until next week, stay safe. I, 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 I can't do it now. I can't do it. Uh, will is physically unable to perform as usual. So I will say, until next week, stay safe. And join us next time for another mystery of the unexplained. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.